Amen. My daughter, Miriam, is one and a half. And now, as many of you may know, one and a half is the perfect age for picking up stuff and running around the house with it. This is one of Miriam's favorite activities to find some sort of object that she can lift and to then proudly walk around our entire house with this item in tow. And this is all cute and well and good, except there are some problems that can come when you have just this random little person picking up objects and walking with them around the house. One of Miriam's favorite objects to gather into her hands is, of course, the television remotes. Oh, yes. She has picked up on already at an early age how valuable these items are. How much her older brother and sister and her mom and her dad appreciate these magical little devices. And so what will inevitably happen is that these remotes will be left out. I've tried to start a movement in our household to say that the remotes go in this drawer underneath the TV. That is where they live. That is where they should stay. But... Miriam's older brother and sister aren't so good at this rule just yet. And so the remote will get left out. And it'll be on a coffee table, or on the floor, or on the couch. And then baby Miriam will get a hold of it. And she will proudly walk around the house with this remote in hand. And then, and then, that remote could end up just about anywhere. It happened to us the other night. My kids wanted to watch a movie and we couldn't find the remote to the DVD player. We looked everywhere. We looked on the couch, under the cushions, underneath the couch. We looked in the drawer where they are supposed to reside, and of course they weren't there. We looked uh, even outside of the family room. We looked in the entryway where there are some bookshelves that maybe got left on or something. Couldn't find it anywhere. After about 20 minutes, we finally discovered where the remote was. It was, of course, in the place where you would exactly expect to find a television remote. The remote was underneath the dishwasher in the kitchen. And there was, of course, only one culprit that could have brought it to the kitchen, baby Miriam. Now, I'm telling you all this because I think there exists within this story a lot for us to focus on this morning. I want to talk this morning about times when we find things in places we don't expect. Or maybe more to the point, when we go to a place expecting to find one thing and we discover something completely different. You see where this is going. I have titled this sermon, The Great Reversal Plan. We will be looking at that beautiful gospel passage from Luke chapter 24. If you would please join me in a word of prayer. May the words of my lips and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Send your living word to walk amongst us now, to challenge our assumptions, to set our hearts ablaze, and to make us whole again. Amen. Yes, this gospel reading that we heard from Luke 24 is a beautiful gospel story. It really is the crux of our entire Christian faith, in a way, about the women who go early in the morning to the tomb only to discover the stone rolled away and angels seated before them, and they find that resurrection news, Jesus is not here, he is risen. And now, 
We could get all excited about this. You want me to talk about resurrection and new life and all the possibilities. And yes, 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 we will get to that. But I want to tell you that I I can't just jump to the good part this morning. Not going to do it. I can't do it because the truth is, that's often how we approach things, isn't it? Just give me the good news, Pastor. Just give me the good news. And the reality is that there was actually a whole journey that led up to that empty tomb moment with the women. And the journey, church, is just as important as the destination. God was doing a whole bunch of work in the days leading up to that Easter morning that's all a part of this story, a part that we need to hear and know as promises to us today. You see, the truth is, Jesus was dead for quite a while in fact. And so we need to realize that as a part of the resurrection story. God didn't just jump to the resurrection right away. God left Jesus in the tomb for a full day, more than that, in fact. And now imagine if you were one of Jesus's disciples. Imagine if you were one of these women going to the tomb that morning. This wouldn't have been a joyful morning for you. There was so much grief that they were carrying with them. They had seen so much pain in the last few days. And that was all there with them as they marched to the tomb that morning to anoint the body. See, there is real pain that we need to recognize as a part of the resurrection journey. And the reason that I say that is because I want you to know that God recognizes that your lives are not just Easter morning moments, are they? Your life is not just all good news all the time. There's a lot of struggle along the way. There's a lot of pain on this journey of faith. And I want you to know that God sees that. And that God sees that as a part of the journey, that God doesn't just ignore the pain and move on to the good part right away. No, 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 no. God has the pain as a part of the journey. I want to share with you this quote because I think it ties together what I'm trying to get at here this morning. This is from theologian Will Willimon. Look at that name, huh? We worship a God, Willimon says. We worship a God who instead of rescuing us out of trouble, rescues us by entering into trouble with us. A God who instead of helping us to avoid pain, heals us from pain By entering the depths of pain with us. We worship a God who instead of fixing things for us, addresses them by becoming weak with us in our weakness. Friends, the story of Jesus' death and resurrection invites us to realize that whatever we're going through, God goes through it with us. God goes through it with us in hopes that we won't just ignore it and hope for the pain to go away. God goes through it with us in hopes of us knowing that we can have the courage to face whatever it is we brought with us this morning. Because I know there's a lot of stories out here this morning. I know some of them. I don't know all of them. But I'm sure you came in here this morning with something in the back of your mind that's troubling you. 
And it would be inappropriate if I just said, resurrection, Jesus is risen, don't worry about it. Because that's not what God does. God goes through the pain with us and then brings redemption and resurrection. That is an important pacing, church, and one filled with promise that we need to know and claim here this morning. Because those women, those women who went to the tomb that morning, remember all that they had just seen. This man who they loved, this rabbi who had taught them so much, this man who they thought might be the Messiah, was brutally executed before their eyes. They weren't just mourning their friend. They were suffering from post-traumatic stress, I would guess. To have to witness a public execution like that would have sent anyone into the depths of despair. But notice what the women do. They don't hide from their pain and grief. They don't run away. They don't try and cover it up. They continue doing what is thought of or asked of them in that culture. On that morning, they went to the body to anoint it. Because in those days, that's what you did after your friend had been dead for a day or two. You went to anoint the body. You see, the women are not shying away from their fear or their pain or their heartache. They are walking right into it. Right into the depths of it. Knowing that this is part of the grieving process. And what does God do, though? What does God do? But when they go to anoint the body, they find this news that is better than anything they could have expected. Why do you look for the living amongst the dead? The angels say, Jesus isn't here. He is risen. The women went with their despair and their pain. And God provided a great reversal of all of that. Now, before we move on too quickly, I want us to ask ourselves this question that we see in the gospel, because I think it has some real application for many of the ways that we try to handle our pain and our sorrow. The angels ask the women, why do you look for the living amongst the dead? And now think about this, think about this. Are you using drugs and alcohol to dull your pain? Are you trying to fill your life with distractions in order to not have to face whatever despair you've encountered? Are you using your ego or your accomplishments to just blot out your deficiencies or your pain? You see, these are all ways, church, that we look for the living in dead places. We avoid our pain or dull our pain or cover up our pain because we're too afraid to face it. But church, to all this, God says, no. To all this, God says, I have a better plan for you. There's another way to go about this. Jesus willingly faced the cross so that we would never have to suffer alone. Jesus willingly faced the cross so that you would never have to deal with whatever it is you're dealing with by yourself. And then God raised Jesus from the grave so that we would know that all the pain, all the horror, all the heartache can be redeemed in the end. See, Easter morning 
was all a part of God's great reversal plan. And I've been talking to you about how this all fits together, but I want you to realize the bigger implications at place. I'm indebted to Pastor Rich Valdales, who's a pastor in New York City, for for some of these insights. But check this out. Adam and Eve, remember them? Adam and Eve. They were disobedient to God in the garden, weren't they? They were disobedient to God in the garden. But look at this, look at this. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, goes to a garden in order to be obedient Mm -hmm. to God. You see what I'm getting at? A reversal is taking place. Oh, wait, wait, there's more, there's more. Adam and Eve, after they had eaten the fruit, they hid from God behind a tree because they were naked and ashamed. And, and now Jesus, Jesus, Jesus hangs from a tree naked and conquers all shame forever. Okay, okay, one more, one more. Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, they were in paradise and then they were sent outside the gates. But Jesus... Jesus was outside the gates when he was killed in order to open paradise for us all. There is a great reversal plan going on with this resurrection story, church. And it has been true forever. It was a part of the beginning of creation and God was just setting it into motion and bringing it to fruition. And now that reversal plan can take place in your life as well. There is a great reversal possible for whatever it is that you're carrying with you this morning. Don't ignore it. Don't avoid it. Don't try and face it alone because God wants to walk with you into the depths of your despair and then redeem it. This is the way that God works. We see it all the time and all around us. Think of the stories that you've heard about, about the addict who finds sobriety Or more to the point, about the atheist who then becomes a pastor. Or or the convicted felon who starts a prison ministry. You see, in all of these cases, God takes what that person probably thought was most repulsive about themselves. And God doesn't ignore it. God doesn't dull it or brush it aside. God takes that pain or that deficiency and turns it into something beautiful and good. That's called redemption. And that's the way that God works. Again and again and again. I got a story for you. And then then I'll sit down. And and, and it's going to take me a minute because we're in Pennsylvania. And in Pennsylvania, you guys don't do bottle redemption. So in New York State, let me explain this. I lived in New York for most of my life. And in New York, there's this thing called bottle redemption. Very, very strange. Whenever you buy cans or bottles, you have to pay a deposit on that. Okay? It's just a nickel for each can or bottle. But so, to the point, if you buy a 12-pack of Pepsi, and it says it's $5, when they ring it up, it'll actually be $5.60, because you have to pay a nickel deposit for each one of those cans. And then what you get to do is you get to hold on to all those cans. You can't put them in the recycling. I mean, you could, but you want to hold on to them to get your nickel back. So this is the way that I would work things. I would, I would over months and months just build up stock supplies of bottles and cans. Partially because I was just too lazy to get to the redemption center. But also it was kind of fun to then go one day with three, four, five trash bags full of cans and bottles. 
and turn them all in at the redemption center. And then to have the person come back and say, you have $35 of store credit. And it was like a windfall. It's like, I'm going shopping. This is great. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I had already paid for that money. Right? It felt like a windfall, but really it was, it was just me getting back what was rightfully mine. You pay the deposit when you get the can. I'm just, I'm just getting it back. Church, whatever you're going through, I want to invite you this morning to face it head on with Jesus. Don't ignore it. Don't dull it. Don't hand it off to someone else. Don't let your despair and sorrow and pain take you over because you know what? Jesus has already paid. We don't have to fear death anymore because Jesus has already paid. We don't have to live with our sin forever because Jesus has already paid. We don't have to work our way up to God because Jesus has already paid. There is no more separation between God and humanity because Jesus has already paid. This is God's great reversal plan. To take all that is dead, all that is broken, all that holds us back and trips us up, And then, through the power of Jesus' death and resurrection, God redeems it all. You can face your fears, church. You can face your faults. Because God is in the business of redemption. And, let me say it with me, Jesus has already paid. Amen.